thank you so much for being the great I am. We thank you for your mercy, your love, your grace, your forgiveness. We just thank you for being in our lives. And we thank you for this time together, dear Lord. We pray that you just be in and amongst the people in this church, that you bless this church, that you bless Pastor Brent and his ministry, that we may move in a mighty, mighty way on your behalf in this community in Wanakee. We thank you for this opportunity. And we just expect miracles to happen in your name. We thank you for all these things. We praise you, honor you, and glorify in your precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, now that's a way to start a morning, isn't it? Right there. Welcome to Northridge Church. Just so glad that you guys are here today. Uh, and for those of you, I know some of you are here for the very first time. Uh, I'm just, I just want to say welcome to you. We want to say welcome to you. We're so glad that you guys decided to join us today. And, um, and our genuine desire and hope is that you genuinely will, would really feel like this is home and that this is a comfortable place a safe place where you can ask questions of us, where you can ask questions about God, whether you ask us or you ask somebody else or you just ask God about Him. This is a safe place for you to do that where we all desire to move toward God as one unit, as one group, as one community of faith. And so, so glad that you guys are here today. Uh, And and as you know, this is kind of a special day. We've had a lot of special days lately. Uh, We baptized nine people last week, right out those doors. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you can clap for that. That is phenomenal. Uh, And that was just, man, that was awesome. And uh, so that was amazing. But today is another special day because as you know, and it's pretty obvious when you walk in, that today is the first day in Northridge Church history that we have two services on a Sunday morning instead of just one. That is pretty awesome as well. And let me tell you, it's very interesting. You, you may not know this, and it's because of the two services dynamic, but if we would have had one service today, we would not have made it. We wouldn't have fit. I can tell you, first service was just or more full than this, and then you guys are here, we, just, we wouldn't have made it. We don't have that many chairs and we don't have that much space in this room, okay? So two services is what we have to do, which isn't that a good thing, though, <laughs> right? God, God is working, God is moving, God is doing things, and I'm so glad that you guys are here today because I'm just, I'm just ecstatic to be on board. I'm just I'm a little emotional about it, but I'm just, I love it. It's, it's phenomenal. That's why I sound a little stuffed up. I was getting choked up here in the last couple of songs. But we are jumping in today also, because it's a special day, to a brand new sermon series. We start a brand new sermon series here at Northridge. What we do is we go through series and we go spend several weeks on a certain topic. So this series that starts today is called Impact. So for the next five weeks, including this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the topic of impact. What we're, what we're really trying to do is we're answering the question, how can we as people have greater influence? How can we as people have greater impact on our own lives with God as a part of that? And how can we have greater influence, greater impact on other people and with other people, again, for God? How can we have greater influence in our lives and through our lives? That's the question we want to wrestle with, that we want to just really pound out for the next five weeks, including this morning. How can we have impact? 
Well, there was a man who one day he, he got done with work and he got home and he sat down on the couch and uh, he turned on the local news. You know how that goes? You kind of, you're just ready to sink in and just turn the brain down a little bit. And so he turns on the local news. <clears throat> and on the local news, he sees that there's a story going on and they have a shot of this car. Uh, well, they didn't have the picture of it, but they were talking about that there was a car going the wrong way on this freeway, one of the major freeways in this area. And the guy, he knew that he was home from work early and his wife was still on her way home from work and that she always took this particular freeway. And he started to get concerned about this car that was going the wrong direction. And so he decided after a while, the news went on, but he couldn't just get this out of his, out of his mind, out of his head. And so he decided to call his wife on her, on her cell phone. And so he gets on the phone, dials the number. She answers the cell phone and he says, dear, I just saw on the news on the freeway. I just wanted to let you know there's a car. There's one car going in the wrong direction. And she said, no, you won't believe it. There's actually hundreds of cars going the wrong way. <laughs> a couple of you will get that at lunch later today. Direction is everything, isn't it? Direction is everything. Direction tells us where we're going. It tells us where we're headed. And if you look far enough, direction in life shows us where you're going to end up. Direction is absolutely everything. I want to give you a term this morning, a scientific term, a physics term. And this term is inertia. Have you heard the word inertia? Maybe it's been a while. I said I haven't been in high school in a while, right? Inertia is a physics term. And I want to just give you the definition so we're all on the same page as to what this term means. Okay, let's throw the definition up there. Definition is a property of matter by which it continues in its existing state of rest or uniform motion in a straight line or in a certain direction unless that state is changed by an external force. Okay. Now, some of you are loving life right now. You're like, oh, that was so cool. Science, big words. Some of you hate life right now. You're like, oh, I got out of high school for a reason. You know what I mean? Um, Okay. Let me just put this in other words. In other words, what this is saying is if there is an object or a person is moving along in a certain direction, its tendency is to keep doing that, to keep going in that direction unless it is acted upon by some external force, by some other movement or by some other force. Okay, that's what it means. For example, uh, if you're riding in the car on a bus and that car or that bus takes the turn, usually a little too fast, all right, then what happens to your body? And this happens to me all the time on the soccer bus because I coach soccer at the high school. So I'm on the bus all the time. School buses, love them. They're fantastic. And we're bouncing along and all of a sudden, you know, we come up to a corner and, you know, what they have to do is they have to swing wide, right? And then cut it really hard to get around there so they avoid everything else. And so what do I do? I slide up next to the water cooler and then I move back. And then we take another turn and I slide out almost into the aisle. Why do we do that? Why do our bodies do that? It's because our bodies want to keep going in the same direction that it was going. But there's an external force that forced us to turn. That's inertia. Uh, another example is uh, my, my youngest son, Tanner. He's, two, he's a two-year-old toddler right now. So that tells you a little bit about what I've got going on in my home. 
most of the time. Okay, Tanner and I, we have, our, we have one of our favorite games or things that we like to do together. Um, and that's mainly because it's Tanner, but admittedly, I love this as well. Um, but we'll sit on the kitchen floor because really the kitchen floor is the only place to do this. And because it's a linoleum, it's a hard floor. And so we'll sit down there, we'll have cars and trucks right? And he loves to sit as far away on the other side and he, wa- and he wants to roll them back and forth, right? And that's what we do. And so we sit and we spread our legs and we roll those things back and forth. Every- and now our newest thing is I have to make a tunnel with my hands. Tunnel, tunnel, dad, tunnel. That's what he says. And I'm like, tunnel, right, right, tunnel. That's what he's trying to say. And then I put my hands, he like tries to run it through. He loves it. And then when it goes through the tunnel, he's like, ah, the best day in life just happened, Right? It's almost like somebody invented the wheel all over again. Well, we run these cars. If you run that car, that car, if, once you push it, it has the tendency to want to keep going in that direction. Until what? Until another external force is acted upon it. Namely, in our house, that would be the wall, right? Or it could be gravity pulling down on the car. You don't think about these things, but that's what's happening. Air resistance, right, is acting upon it. And so eventually those cars do slow down along that floor. Uh, by the way, those forces have nothing on a two-year-old toddler. Tell, me, tell, me, tell, me, tell you about force, all right? The cars don't know what hit it when Tanner is around. I mean, it's just like, whoa, that was a car. Just went through the air. It almost hit me in the head. Awesome. Okay? And so we have this dynamic, but inertia states that if you're going a certain direction, the tendency is that you will keep going in that direction unless there's a force that is acted upon you in some other way. I want you to keep that definition in mind all morning because we're going to come back to that a little later. Inertia. The question I want us all to consider this morning is this. What is your current direction in life? If direction is everything, what is your current direction in life? Where are you headed? What are you chasing more than anything else in life? What is like your ultimate goal? What is it that you just strive to do? What is it that you are focused on all the time that you like to give yourself to as much as possible? What is your current direction in life? Really what we're trying to ask with this question is, are you moving toward God or are you moving away from God? That's really what that question comes down to. Are you moving away from God or are you moving toward God? Now, let me tell you a temptation that you will have because I have this temptation as well. Our temptation will be to say, well, that's a great question. I don't think I'm either one of those. If I were honest, I don't think I'm moving toward God, but I'm definitely not running away from God. I believe in God. I believe in Him. So that's good, right? The truth is, let me tell you why that temptation is a temptation and that that's a lie. We are either moving away from God or we're moving toward God. This is, this is how we know that. Even if we are not moving, if we don't feel like we are moving one way or the other, we're just kind of status quo in life. We're not really doing much to grow in God, but we're definitely not hating God. If we're just sitting still, let me tell you that that's the same as moving away from God. This is why. Because it says in his word all the time that God is always working, always praying for us, always moving. If I stay, if I'm here and God is moving, then at some point I'm further away from him. Yes? 
That, that makes sense, right? So we have to admit that even if we don't feel like we're moving away from God, if we're not moving toward God, we're moving away from God. We're going the other direction because God is constantly moving. His desire, his constant desire, is that we are getting to know more and more about him, learning more and more of him, and becoming more and more like him. The only way to do that is to get closer to him. And so if we're standing still or if we're moving this direction, we're moving away from God. And so the answer, the question is, what is your current direction? Where are you going? Are you moving toward God or away from God? Now, God's word talks a little bit about some of these things. He, uh, God was having a conversation with a guy named Jeremiah. Jeremiah is... Uh, he's having this conversation and, and God shares some things with Jeremiah. And then thankfully, Jeremiah writes it down. It's found in here in the book of Jeremiah. And I want to share a verse with you because in that conversation, God tells Jeremiah something that's really important for Jeremiah to know. But guess what? It's really important for all of us to know. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what it says. This is what God says to Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, says God. They are plans, they are a direction for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. God has plans for you. He always has. Always will. We all have specific and special purpose in our lives. It's the truth. We all have incredible value. We all have given special skills and abilities, um, tendencies even. I mean, this is, this is why, you know, when, when I think of like math and things like that, I just go, oh, I hate math. And some of you are like, oh, I love math. Math is great. I would just love to do some numbers and, you know, sit down and figure out A plus B plus C. You know, I'm like, the last thing in the world I want to do is do that. Some of you are like, oh, I love math. Why are you? It's weird that I love math, you know. And I, and I, I think, by the way, if you love math, I do think you're weird. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just being real. I'm just being honest. Okay. But God has given us special skills and abilities. Some of us are really good at working with people. Some of us are really good at making money. Some of us are really good at leading. Some of us are really good at being the best followers in our job or in our families as possible. Some of us are really good at seeing problems and being able to solve them. Some of us are terrible at that. I don't know how to solve this problem, but we're great if somebody tells us how to solve it and we'll do it. And we're loyal to it. We have skills and abilities. God has given us these things because he has a plan for you. He he has a direction that he wants in your life. Everybody has value. Sometimes I get talking to people and, and people don't like to get into this book, into the word of God, because what they think, and they usually think this, and they usually think this because they haven't been in it. They haven't been in the word. They haven't read this. But they think that they are scared of this book because they feel like this book is full of perfect, polished people. (laughs) Anybody who's ever been in this book and knows this book knows this is pretty much the opposite of that. Not polished people. This book is full of people who 
at one time, we're going completely in the wrong direction in life. Completely. Running from God. Okay, I could throw some names out there, but I won't. But there are tons of people through this Bible, in this book. In fact, the majority in here, the stories in here, are about people who were going the wrong direction. And God got a hold of them, and they started going the other way. And amazing things begin to happen. That's what this book is full of. There's one of those guys is the Apostle Paul. Have you heard of St. Paul? Paul was one of those guys that was running away from God. Now, here's the scary thing about this. Paul didn't know he was running from God. He didn't know his direction was away from God. He thought, this is what he thought. He genuinely was convinced of this. He thought his direction was running toward God. You know what he thought he was doing? He thought he was helping God out. Why? He was going around and imprisoning or murdering Christians. That's what he was doing. And he was convinced, completely convinced, that that was the best thing to go after God, to go toward God. That's what, he was convinced of that. And so he was going around trying to imprison as many followers of Jesus as he could. He was trying to murder as many of them as he could. And finally, God gets a hold of him. Jesus ends up right in front of him. He's on the road on, this, on the way to this city called Damascus. And Jesus shows up right in front of him. And he has a conversation with, at the time, his name was Saul. It was such a huge dramatic change that his name changed. Isn't that cool? His name was Saul, and he is there with Jesus. And, and, and Saul says, who are you? And he says, I'm the one you're persecuting. I'm the one you're throwing into prison. I'm the one that you're trying to kill. I'm Jesus. <laughs> and Saul realizes his mistake. He realizes, I've been going this way the whole time. I need to be going this way. His direction had to completely change, and it did that day. And Paul goes on in his life and he starts to learn some things. And then he ends up writing a good portion of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul does. And I wanted to just share one of the things that he learned. He shares this in a book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. This is what Paul writes about himself and about all of us. For we are God's masterpiece. He has, God has created us new in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has a direction for all of us. Each one of us. God has a direction for us. He desires that we will go in that direction toward him because that's why he created us the way he did. It's why we have the tendencies, the abilities, the skills, the talents that we have. God has a plan for us. And here's, a, here's just a nugget of truth that I hope that we all understand this morning real quick. And that is that every person has value. You know why I know that? Because of these verses. God has put that value into each one of us. Every person is special. Every person is valuable. Every person is different. Because God created us that way. A lot of people don't feel worthy of God. A lot of people, I've heard this, they joke around, they say, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk into church. God, God would stomp me at that point, right? Because <laughs> they say, I, they, if God, God knows who I am, and if I showed up at church, I'd be done. And I said, you've got it backwards. God already knows completely your value 
and who you are. And he desires to be in relationship with you. The most, the best thing he wants for you is to be in a community of faith, in church, in a group of people, with a group of people who are seeking after him and trying to go in that direction together. A lot of people shy away from God because they feel like they have to be whitewashed and polished up and cleaned up before they show up before God. And God says, no, I'm the one with the cleaning rag. Just... Just be there. Trust me. And there's that direction. But here's the key. If we are going to go in the right direction, if we are going to go toward God, it's going to require some serious effort. (laughs) It's going to require some grit. It's going to require some really hard work. It's going to require making some very difficult decisions for your life. It's going to require some hard work. In 2007, this is about eight years ago or so, there was a man by the name of Tommy Caldwell. Tommy Caldwell. Tommy Caldwell had this crazy idea, and his idea was this. He, wanted, he decided that he wanted to try to climb, free climb, the dawn wall of a mountain called El Capitan in Yosemite Valley, California. Okay? The Don Wall of this huge mountain, one, one side of this, this huge mountain called El Capitan in Yosemite Valley, California. His idea was to free climb it. Now, let me under, help you understand. Free climb, if you don't know, some of you know rock climbing. I know you do because some of you do it. I've talked to you. Some of you, if you don't know what free climbing is, free climbing is very simply put, you get up the, the cliff, up the mountain with no help from ropes, harnesses, hooks, pitons, anything else. It's you and your power alone. The only reason you do have a rope, you do have a rope for a very important reason. It's there for safety. It cannot, you cannot lean on the rope. It cannot hold you up. That's not free climbing. That's rock climbing, but that's different. Okay, this is the rope is there, but it's slack. And it's just there in the case you would fall. I think we all understand why we would need the rope there, right? Okay, we don't want to just go down there. That's a long ways, okay? So free climbing is he's going to do this thing with no help. All he's going to have is a chalk bag and some supplies because it's going to take him a while to get up this thing. So some food, water, things like that. So he's got a bag over here with some supplies, and then he's got chalk so that he can have grit to be able to hold on to the rock face. So he has this idea, he's going to climb El Capitan. Now, let me just show you a picture uh, of this mountain. Yeah. And this is the Dawn Wall. You can kind of see that the sunlight is shining off of it. That's why it's called the Dawn Wall, because in the morning it just glows. All right, it's called the Dawn Wall. So that's just one section. The Dawn Wall is just this tallest, most sheer, smooth just unbelievable, intimidating section of wall. And to give you these size, I want to give you an idea of the size of this thing. Because looking at it on the picture, we're like, oh, cute little mountain. Okay? To give you an idea of the size of El Capitan, just the Don Wall, okay, what you would have to do is to, to match the size, you would take an, the Empire State Building and you would set the Empire State Building at the base of that wall. Then you would take another Empire State Building, and then you would stack that one on top of the first building. Then you would take half of the Empire State Building, and you would stack another half on top of that. Two and a half Empire State Buildings worth tall, and then you would be to the top of that wall. And yes, it goes basically straight up. Tommy says, yeah, let's climb that. 
free climb it. No help, no power other than myself. So he starts doing this. He starts training on this thing, okay? Now, just to give you an idea of the difficulty of this climb, okay? Now, I'll give you a couple of examples. One, some of the handholds, if you're going to go up the Don Wall, now you can go up other sections of the mountain, it's easier. It's easier if you go up other sections. You can see there's cracks, there's crevices, no problem, okay? But the Don Wall, if in order to go up the Don Wall, in order to free climb that, some of the handholds, in other words, places where you have to hold by just your fingers, some of those handholds on the Don Wall are so small that you can't actually see them by daylight. You have to wait until dark until you can shine your headline across the face of the cliff and be able to see the contrast of the shadow. Can you imagine a handhold so small that you, it's so small you can't see it in the daylight, you have to wait until night and shine a light across it, and you're hanging from that? It's just crazy. This is the difficulty of this mountain. A couple of the moves that he had to make, he had to do a dino move. I don't have one of those. I don't know where it is. There's a pen up here somewhere. No, there's not. Okay, imagine a pen or a pencil stuck to the cliff. Okay, a pen or a pencil size. And you're hanging on just by your fingers on that. And it's called the dino move. I have no idea why it's called the dino move. But it's called the dino move. And you literally, you hang from here and you have to get to another handhold that's about the same size that's five or six feet over. And so what you have to do is you have to take this and you have to get your momentum and then you swing yourself over and you grab a hold of this over here. It took Tommy tons of attempts to even, to even conquer and even be able to attempt the dino move to do the Don Wall. Okay, this is how difficult it was. So he tries this. He starts working at it. First year goes by. Second year goes by. Third year goes by. Fourth year goes by. He keeps working at this thing, finding the handholds, working his way up the wall. After four years, Tommy Caldwell, one of the best climbers in the entire world, after four years, he had racked up a very impressive, incredible resume of complete failure on the wall. Yeah, I know. It's an inspirational story. That's what you come here for, right? Inspiration. There you go. Four years he had tried and just worked at this thing, worked at it, worked at it, tried to find the handholds, tried to work his way up. Utter failure. There's a guy named Jim Collins. Some of you guys have heard him. He wrote the book Good to Great. He's a leadership business guru, and he knows Tommy. And so he went to Tommy about year four of this struggle. And he went to Jim Collins, and Jim Collins asked him a question. He said, Tommy, why are you doing this? You are one of the most accomplished, most reputable climbers, free climbers in the world. Everybody knows you can conquer anything. Why are you putting that all on the line? Why are you forcing yourself into failure mode for four straight years? Why have you done this with all this failure? Jim Collins asked him that. I want you to hear Tommy's response. Tommy said, you don't understand. I'm not failing. I'm growing. I'm getting stronger. It's very interesting, but Tommy was right. Fast forward another four years. It took another four years after that conversation. So just this past January 2015, um, Tommy Caldwell and a guy named Kevin Jorgensen, he joined him in this whole training thing. They made it for the first time, free climbed the entire Don Wall, 50 pitches, that's sections of climbs, 
50 different climbs, 50 different pitches to get up to the top of El Capitano. We have a picture of that day when they were up there. On the left there is Tommy Caldwell. He's in the green, and Kevin Jorgensen is in the yellow there. These two guys free climbed all the way up the Don Wall and conquered it. So he was right. It wasn't failure. He was growing. He was getting stronger. I want to show you a couple of pictures of when Tommy was climbing this, uh, this wall. <laughs> this is just one of thousands of different holds and positions that he had to find himself in. I mean, can you imagine that? How many of you are like, after this, I want to do that. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah there's a couple in here. You're crazy. It's fine. It's all good. Admit it readily. That's good. Be honest. This is church. Got to be honest about it. Okay. This is just, it's just incredible. And look at that thing. You can't even see where you would hold on to. It's just, it's unbelievable. Looks like drywall almost. Okay. But I want us to focus a minute on his response. Tommy said, I'm not failing. I'm growing. And the truth is, I think that his statement is very true for all of us. Not in rock climbing. I mean, if you want to do that, that's great. That's fantastic. Apply that quote to that and go climb the Don Wall. Go to it. More power to you. All right? Make sure I, I, I probably need to pray with you first, though, before you go. Just saying. All right? But if you want to do that, but and I'm not talking about applying it to rock climbing. I'm applying this phrase. I'm not failing. I'm growing toward life. And the question is, are we moving in a direction of the path of least resistance? Because here's the deal. Tommy Caldwell did not choose the path of least resistance. There were every other approach, literally every other approach on El Capitan is easier than the Don Wall. Literally every other one was the path of least or less resistance than the Don Wall. But Tommy didn't want the path of least resistance. He wanted the path of most resistance. And I think in our life, maybe what sends us going the other way, away from God, or to stay still and God keeps moving and we find that he becomes distant, I think one reason that we tend to do that is because we don't like the path of more resistance in our life. We like to keep it as easy as possible. We like to do the things we want to do and nothing else. So, for example... Uh, Tanya mentioned this uh, just a little bit uh, before at the beginning of the service. Uh, But there's a family here that on Thursday when all the thunderstorms came through, lightning struck their house. And uh, there's actually a picture of it online in in one of the articles. And the the house was just engulfed in flames in the top of it. And they lost lost virtually everything. And they can't live there, of course, now at all. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have to bulldoze the house or what they're going to have to do. But but it it was just a complete destruction. And we sent, what we did is we decided that we would send out an email. We sent an email yesterday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. And, and we sent it out and we just said, hey, if anybody wants to help, this is what happened to this family, the GAM family. And so if you want to help, um, you know, just go to get a gift card or, or, or bring some money or whatever you want to do, whatever you, make them a meal, whatever you want to do. And, and, and make sure you have that and bring that with you tomorrow morning at church. And here we are. Now, I use that as an example because here's what I want to talk about. The path of least resistance. Here's the path of least resistance when you get an email like that or you hear the news of that. Here's the path of least resistance. Oh, 
oh, that was, that's just horrible. And you find a friend to talk to. You find your neighbor. And, oh, did you hear about what happened? Maybe we should drive by there and see it. I just can't believe, I can't imagine something like that happen. I can't, I can't imagine losing everything in just in a few moments. I just, oh, can you imagine that? That would be just, that's just horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's horrible. What are we having for lunch? And you move on with your day. You know what that is? That's the path of least resistance. That is the direction where God says, no, no, no. Oh. And we go to lunch instead, or we do whatever we do instead, or we, whatever we do. We run to our soccer game or whatever it is. And I know, like, for example, we sent that out, that email out on a Saturday. I know what my Saturday was like yesterday. Sometimes my Saturdays are just pretty free and open. And sometimes my Saturdays are like, all the way to night. And I finally, the kids are in bed and I go, what just happened today? (laughs) Right? One of those days yesterday, and I'm sure you guys had a really busy day, most of you, a lot of you, yesterday as well. And here's the path of more resistance. The path of more resistance is you get that email, you hear the news of that, and you decide that in between those soccer games, you're going to spend that half an hour that you had, that you were planning on going to Dunkin' Donuts and getting a donut and coffee and warming up a little bit before going back out to the fields to do the soccer game. Or whatever it is your plans are that day. And you're going to say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take half an hour. I'm going to go. I'm going to get a gift card. I'm going to whatever I'm going to do. And I'm going to have that. I'm going to stick it in my purse. I'm going to stick it in my wallet. I'm going to have it in my pocket. I'm going to put it on the counter. So when we leave and go to church in the morning, that's ready to go. Because that family needs something right now. And my life's pretty good right now. Even though it's busy, it's good. That's the path of more resistance. Isn't it? That's the path that's harder to take. Because what? It's sacrificing our time. It's sacrificing our money. It's sacrificing a lot of things. It's the harder way. And God says, but the harder way is what I need you to do because it's not failure. I want you to grow. I want you to get stronger in your faith. But even more than that, I want you to have impact. I want you to have influence. Another couple of examples of this. This this book here, we've talked about it a couple of times already today. This is the Word of God. Okay? A lot of people get worried about this. A lot of people don't dig into this. Why? I think the vast majority, and I, and I know this to some degree because some people tell me this, but I know that one of the reasons we don't get into this book is because we choose other things instead of this book. Okay? I don't know about you, but if I haven't had my time with God, in other words, if I haven't just sat down to read out of this book and just let God's word soak, soak it up, soak up the truth from this book. What I tend to do is then I go through my day and what, I, what happens inevitably, I don't know if you guys are this way, but I get to the end of the day and, and I, I, I kind of just want to sit on the couch and watch TV and turn my brain off and not, I want to put something on the TV. This is why I do this. I, tu- I want to turn something on the TV that has no bearing on my life because I don't want anything else bearing on my life. Because at this point, I want life to just stop or slow down for a while. Anybody else feel that way in the evening? Ever? That's what I want. The last thing I want to do is to get into a book that's going to talk to me about serving other people. Right? When I want to sit on the couch, this, this is what I want to do on Sunday afternoons, okay? Or in the evenings. This is what I want to do. You guys remember? I talked to you about the guy, nothing box. I love my nothing box. 
I love being in my nothing box. And when I say nothing box, I mean literally when I'm doing nothing, I'm thinking nothing, I'm not feeling anything, I'm just nothing. I'm just a blob whose name happens to be Brent. That's it, right? And I want to just do do this. I want to turn the TV on and I want to go nothing. And if somebody scores a touchdown, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. I love that mode. (laughs) It's a great mode. The path of more resistance is when I have that tendency, when I have the tendency to want to spend an hour or two on Facebook, when I want to hit the snooze button two or three more times. Okay, I'm, I'm giving you some of my tendencies. <laughs> Did you catch that? And I don't know what your tendencies are. But the path of more resistance is to say, I'm going to dig into this even though I don't want to. The path of more resistance is I'm going to get into this even though I'd rather spend some time on something else. The, the, the path of more resistance is I'm going to make time and say, well, I don't have time to do that. Yeah, you do. Actually, you do. You know what you've done? You've just chosen to do something else in your time instead of this. That's all it is. So don't say you don't have time. We have time for everything we want to do. Whatever it is. Whatever you want to do, you have time for it. And by the way, the things you love to do, you make time for that, don't you? Uh, I I know this is a problem in my household because I hate doing projects. And so my wife brings that up to me sometimes and says, hey, uh, if if the project is going to get done, you have to make time to do it. Because I I use that excuse. I'm like, well, I just, uh, I don't have time. I just, you know, whatever. Yeah, if it's going to get done, you can make the time to do it. Yeah, that's true. See, it's not good that she sits in on my sermons. Can you tell that? Another possible path of more resistance, life groups. Most people avoid life groups. Why? This is why. Because maybe they don't have the time, or (laughs) they don't feel they have the time. I think we just covered that point. Or you're like, uh, okay, you want me to sign up to go to somebody else's house who I don't know and sit in a small group of people. Hi, my name's Brent. Hi, Brent. We don't do that most of the time in life group. Hey, and I'm going to sit and we're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about God in a group of people that I don't know. And you want me to volunteer to sign up for that? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Some of you think that way. Absolutely. I get it. And my answer is yes. Because it's the path of more resistance for you. You would rather not. You're scared of it. Trust me, I understand. Now, mine does not go with this with life groups, but there are certain situations, social situations or events or meetings with business people or things like that that intimidate the thing out of me. And I don't want to go because I don't know who's going to be in the room. I don't know what kind of people they are. I don't know how they're going to treat me. I don't know if I'm going to know anybody and I don't know if they're going to talk to me or open up or if I'm going to stand in the corner by the, by myself and, and eat a banana or whatever it is, if it's a breakfast meeting or whatever it is. And I, I, I'm intimidated by it. And so what I want to do is I don't want to go. I don't want to show up. And what I've learned, even just honestly, this is a new lesson for me. Over the last couple of years, I've learned that I just need to get there and go and do it and get over that. Because once I get in, nine times out of ten, it's a very good experience. 
So maybe the path of more resistance for you is actually signing up for a life group, trying it out, taking a risk, moving in that direction toward God. The question becomes, what are we doing? Remember that, um, that term that I showed you at the beginning? I want to go back to that. Inertia. The reality, the law, the fact that states if you and I are going in a certain direction in our life, here's the truth. We all know this is true. We just don't like to admit it out loud. If we are going in a certain direction in life, the tendency is we have inertia and we will continue going in that direction. Whatever that direction is, whether it's toward God, away from God, we will continue going in that direction. That will be our tendency. That is our our inertia. Our tendency is to keep going in that direction unless what? Unless an external force is acted upon us. What is that external force? I think we all know. God is the external force that we all need in order to not only change our direction, but to keep the power going in the correct direction toward him. The truth is, unless we allow changes to happen in our life, or for some of us, we need it to happen this way, unless you are willing to make changes in your life, in your direction, it won't change. Your inertia is just going to carry you in the same direction you've always been going. Remember the definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and saying, I think it'll be different this time. (laughs) No, it won't. We all know that's true. It's just, we have to admit, we kind of like it this way. The path of least resistance is easier. Not having to worry about God is a lot easier. I can just worry about me. It's awesome. And the question becomes, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to start deciding if there's any changes that need to be made in our life, we have to get honest about the question that I asked at the beginning. And that question is, what is your current direction in life? What is your current direction in life? Are you moving toward God or away from God? Are you choosing the path of least resistance or are you choosing the path of more resistance? The one that says, I'm going to serve my neighbor even though I don't like him. The path uh, uh, of more resistance is when everybody's gossiping and, and, and talking bad about the person and you know you want to join in but you don't. That's the path of more resistance. It's harder to do. I know that path of more resistance is getting up on Sunday morning when you had a really late night. Okay? The path of least resistance or more resistance is getting into this even when we'd rather do other stuff or when we have no idea what this says. <laughs> you get into it and you go, no idea what I just read. No clue. I've been there. I am there. Okay? There are some things that I understand now because I've been into it a lot. But there are a lot of things I go, what? I don't have any idea what they're trying to say there. (laughs) I have to spend some more time on that. What is your current direction in life? Where are you going? Where are you headed? Because the truth is, we all know that the road we're on, every time the road we are on, the direction we are going, determines where we will end up. We all know that, right? The road we're on determines where we're going. 
So what is your current direction? Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are and the fact that you give us difficult truth in our life. The truth is, God, that we need to admit what direction we're going. Um, God, and I just, I just want to make that a simple prayer today, just a simple request from you, God. Would you help all of us to know, to be honest with ourselves, to be honest with you, God, and to, to really examine our life and say, honestly, this is the direction I think I'm going and I think it needs to be tweaked a little bit. Maybe I'm not running directly away from God, but I think I've kind of been running uh, a little bit, maybe 45 degrees away from you. Maybe I've just been starting to slip a little bit. Maybe I've been going down a different road than you're going down. Maybe, maybe my direction is just a little bit off. Maybe it's way off. God, help us to be honest about it. And God, I pray that we would realize that Tommy's way in climbing the wall is really what you desire for us. You don't want us to fail, but you do want us to grow. And the only way we're going to grow is if we put ourselves out there and risk a little bit. Be a little more bold. Chase after you a little more often, a little more deeply. Ask more questions from you, God. Pray that you would help us to chase after you, God. And I get excited about thinking, Lord. I know you already know the impact, but God, I get excited about the possible impact, the influence that we can have on our families, on our jobs, on our careers, in our community, on people around us. Oh, God, you want to do amazing things. I pray that you would drive us to that direction that helps us to accomplish those things with you by our side pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.